everybody. It is the Justice League episode of the Geek Rex podcast, and I feel like this will be very cathartic because I've been thinking about this movie for, oh, you know, I'd like to say just a year, but really it's been more like four years. Uh, Your whole life. <laughs> my whole life, really. I've just been building to this moment, and uh, oh, what a, what a what a moment it was, I guess. Um, anyway, I'm here with Hannah. Hello. And Cal. Hey. And it's possible we might have an addition in the midst of the call. If not, oh, we'll just be a, a wonderful trio here. But we're going to talk about Justice League, the latest uh, effort of the DC Films uh, side of things. Uh, whereas we seem to get a whole lot of Marvel movies every year. Probably gets, we're probably at the point where we get three a year, if not more now. Um, with DC, we get usually like one, maybe two. But somehow we got a banner year this year with two. Wonder Woman was a big critical success. Uh, real, real surprise hit. Probably the biggest superhero movie of the year. Certainly one of the most important ones. Uh, maybe the most important one from that genre. And then uh, Justice League comes around. The uh, Zack Snyder sequel to Batman v Superman. Superman's dead. Batman and Wonder Woman have to form a team. Uh, things are coming. Uh, the, the, the dinner bell is ringing. Ding, 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 as Lex Luthor says in Batman versus Superman. I remembered that for some reason. Anyway, uh, so uh, Justice League uh, is it's a very it's a very tried production as uh, Zack Snyder did have to leave in the the midst of not principal photography but post production, which included a, a huge round of reshoots. Joss Whedon, the Avengers director, and at one time Marvel consigliere. Uh, came in and shot um, about, I think, $10 million worth of reshoots and then edited the entire thing together. It was rescored by Danny Elfman after they fired Junkie XL about uh, halfway through his work. And uh, we produced the film we see in front of us today, Justice League. Well, guys, I'll just uh, go right for the throat. Um, uh, better or worse than Batman versus Superman, uh, Hannah? I mean, I think it made more sense. It was more traditionally cohesive. It told a more logical story. The runtime was a lot more manageable. I think um, Batman versus Superman had some like weirder and cooler moments, but overall Justice League was uh, a much more competent film. I missed the piss jar myself, but... I don't really care about the piss <laughs> jar, but like, I don't know. Like, there was some weird stuff in Batman versus Superman, like that weird vision he had of the future that I guess will never be followed up on again. Uh, there was just some weird, cool stuff in there. There was also a lot of bad stuff in there. I get it. So yeah, this was, this was a less offensive kind of more generically successful film. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, I think, I think you have done shop. Wait, did you say that again, Cal? You we got lost the, you. we lost you there, man. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, yeah. I think you nailed it. Uh, I think we can shut down shop here. Uh, <laughs> Go home. Well, we are home. Yeah, let's turn off the computer. This is, yeah, this is a. We kept it tight. This is a tight two minutes. Uh, I think that. I think that's good. <laughs> Cal, you know what? When you came out of that movie, man, I, you, you uh, I was actually surprised. Well, I, no, I wouldn't say surprised actually by your reaction to the movie because I think I think that 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 is that is that assumes one direction. Wait, what was the reaction? That, that it was generally more positive than Batman versus Superman, right? Yo, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, as Hannah said, it's it's coherent, just in like a, a functional way. Uh, something that like Man, Man of Steel uh, and Batman v Superman and like. They're both basically incoherent movies, just on like a dramatic level, just the way that scenes are cut together, the way that things move from one point to the next make no sense at all. But there's something to them that Justice League was lacking. So it's like Justice League, you know, I mean, it's kind of like my my reaction to um, uh, Thor Ragnarok was a little bit like, that was good. Like that was, it was it was funny as shit. It was fun. I had a good time, but like, like it was it was fine. Like I, I felt like I'd seen it before. And Justice League was kind of like that. Now Justice League was more of a mess than Thor. Like Thor Ragnarok 
is a well-made production in a way that Justice League is not, is like profoundly not. And there are a ton of reasons for that. And, you know, I mean, as, as you discussed at the very beginning, um, but yeah, I mean, like just, it's more coherent and it's just more enjoyable. Like I, I feel like Batman v Superman and, uh, to a lesser degree, Man of Steel are almost aggressively alienating films in a way that Justice League isn't. Uh, and you can kind of see where Justice League, where Joss Whedon came in and was like, hey, what if people didn't hate these characters? And that's nice, but like also a little bit disappointing just because like all this universe had going for it was like, Gal Gadot is amazing. And everything else in this universe is insane. Like it just makes no sense. Uh, it's it's a universe of collage gibberish and postmodernism and um so yeah there, there was something appealing about that that i did miss a little bit like this is a not a very good movie but it isn't a train it isn't a monumental era defining train wreck the way i, th- I genuinely believe batman v superman was yeah I, like, um, I, I i i agree with that point i'm sorry to interrupt i just um uh just just in short I, i'm a, i'm in agreement with you like I, I like man of steel you and i have discussed this endlessly uh in different social media forums throughout the past uh four years but um, you know, there, there's something to that movie where its base concept is something I, I find interesting. I don't know if it's a good Superman movie so much as it is. I just think it's an interesting movie uh, in terms of science fiction. But Batman vs Superman is a movie I do not like. Um, but it's a movie I am, I am, I am fascinated by. See, I can say like it's you know it's maybe it's not good, but it's interesting. Like uh, you know, for me, when everyone was saying how terrible it was and then I went to saw it I guess I was expecting something really boring and generic because that's what I think of when I think of a superhero film failing um because I feel like that's how they fail so often it's just like bad dialogue really rote plot dull bad action and its problems were completely different than the usual set of problems whereas I feel like Justice League's problems were the kind that you would expect. And I think the more of these I see, the more fatigued I am of superhero movies. And I'm just looking for something different. Let's be honest. Batman v Superman's got some boring action too. Oh, it does. It The whole third act is just a disaster. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's when the movie, I mean, I'm like, okay. First 30 to 40 minutes though, were yeah, yeah. decent looking. I like, I don't really want to relitigate that movie no, no, too no. much. You know, I know I, I, no. I that made no. the lead here, but uh, it's it's a movie that like ha- asks some interesting questions up front and then becomes so conventional and shitty yep. by the end that it, it just kind of becomes unwatchable um, in a way that like Justice League, like as I was watching this in the theater, I was like kind of just bracing myself for really bad shit. And <laughs> there, there, there were some moments where I'll tell you what, when it opened with, Superman's fake mu- no mustache uh, and that iPhone clip. I was like, oh God, here we go. This is going to be like an Ed Wood kind of Frankenstein monster thing. And then um, slowly but surely, uh, it's a little jagged up front, right? Where you've got every team member trying to come together and they've got like, they've got the, everybody's got their own little plot. Like you've got that incomprehensible bit with Aquaman and Mira that I don't even know what 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 their status you quo is. You can only is. venture to guess that Aquaman's backstory was severely cut, and I think the same with Cyborg. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that like they they either severely cut it or there's even some additions by like James Wan in there. Like I, I've, I've heard rumors that like some of the Aquaman stuff is filmed by James Wan, and they've like pulled that from that production. Yeah, which in, in a way that like. I feel like as I'm watching this, like his whole bit makes no damn sense. It really kind of doesn't because you get you get the kind of really vague introduction to like his place uh, in his world and like how it's not really fully formed yet. But there's some weird cutaways. Like as soon as we left, I was telling Kyle, I thought it was super weird how he was like, "Okay, I'll go save the planet, but you need to give me one thing." (laughs) 
<laughs> and then they cut to someone else. Like they don't cut to like what that one thing was, what he wanted or needed. They just like discard it completely. I assume it was well, the trident or the outfit, but they never bring it back up. Yeah, I mean, like it, I think it was definitely the the trident based on like when he shows back up. That's like the thing they focus on. But yeah, it was super clumsy, and it, that's the thing about Justice League. Like it is three or four different movies kind of haphazardly jammed together and it's but it's 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 fine like and i feel like most people like part of the reason i was positive there are two reasons that i was like reasonably positive on justice league and still am and like one is for all that it is very clearly cut together nonsense it is watchable engaging cut together nonsense and you can tell like that you know joss whedon and kind of other people who came in was were like oh hey you know a scene can say a scene can have both a narrative purpose and a character purpose at the same time you don't need to have like this is where plot happens and then like cut and then this is where a character moment happens and then cut which is Zack Snyder's thing. Like Zack Snyder can do one thing at a time and he can do that one thing pretty well, but like that's really kind of weird to watch when it's like just relentless action. And then like Superman in a church for no reason. And then like relentless action again. And this, it's like the scene that sticks with me is, um, uh, Cyborg and uh, The Flash digging up Superman's grave together, which is kind of like this morbid, weird scene. But, like, it's a plot thing. It's got atmosphere. And they have, like, a genuinely good character moment. I, I thought um, uh, uh, Noah Berlotsky had a, had a good point in that, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman are all born superheroes and Batman is a self-made superhero and Aquaman or uh, sorry Cyborg who is you know the only you know person of color on the team and uh, um the Flash who is you know uh, you know explicitly Jewish in this movie are posited by each other as kind of the outsiders they're they're the mistakes of the group they weren't born perfect they weren't born with everything they needed they were accidents who have turned this and i was like oh this is like it's a good thematic moment it's strong character work it's weird and creepy it worked and that's something that like there was no single scene in batman v superman where i was like oh i i understand these people and their place in the world on a deeper level yeah uh, I, I think I think everything with the Flash, every single scene with the Flash, I was like 100% hooked. I thought he was so well done. And I think you can kind of tell where Snyder and Whedon had similar visions and where their visions differed in terms of the characters because it feels like it feels like everything to do with the Flash felt fluid throughout the whole movie he was consistent um the tone was always the same it kind of felt like they both went into that with the same approach whereas someone like cyborg and to an extent aquaman it was like kind of all over the place and then just like lots of things cut or not answered because it seemed like i'm guessing snyder went away with the character and then we didn't want it to pull back a bit, so you kind of ended up with less of them. I mean, it seems like a lot of cyborgs on the cutting room floor. Uh, he's got it. Oh, yeah. He's mostly just a tool yeah. in the film to resurrect Superman. But he's also, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure Ray Fisher is a fine actor. I could barely tell in this movie because he doesn't really do a whole lot. But the character's not that interesting. No. I mean, he's not interesting in the comics. They can't make his comics work. I kind of doubt that Zack Snyder had the magic key to make cyborg work either. And that's probably why all that stuff got cut i'm sure he didn't but i would have liked just as someone who doesn't read his comics as much sure, as you guys sure. do a little more backstory with him totally like fair. you got this impression that you know people had thought he died his dad was really sad but there was no emotional way to it at all because you you didn't know him before you only knew him as cyborg so it didn't mean anything that he thought he was a monster because it's like your first glimpse of him yeah hey can and I, I, I think it Go ahead, Cal. Sorry. Oh, oh, and I think it, it was a weird choice 
to pick Cyborg in part for that reason, right? Like, you can jump right in with The Flash. He's had a multi-season TV show. Cyborg was like a presence on the Teen Titans cartoons, and I think that's why he's in there. But, like, just, like, go, go with go with Jon Stewart. Like, just go with Green Lantern. Like, there's been a Green Lantern movie. It wasn't a huge success, but, like, first off, you actually set up the Green Lanterns in this movie, which you don't do with Cyborg. Like, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, but you actually, like, literally have Green Lanterns in the movie. Um, and I, the Second Wolf. I was disappointed we didn't get Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that, that would have been a good one, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, especially, you know, like, Green Lantern has just a bigger cultural presence, I think, than Cyborg. And so you can drop him in without needing to explain shit too much. Mm-hmm. And with Cyborg, as you say, like w- uh, there needs to be more. And I, I think that he a little bit in the, in the comics suffers from no one. It, well, it's just DC, I think has struggled a lot with some, with certain characters who don't have like strong iconic uh, presentations, even with wonder woman, right? Like, they literally published a multi-year storyline about how all of the last five years of Wonder Woman stories are shit. And then immediately went back to a story that contradicted the one they just published. And as we talked about when Wonder Woman came out, published five different origins for her last year. Five distinct origin stories for her last year. And Cyborg is almost the opposite. Like, no one knows what to do with him, and so everyone just kind of does nothing. I mean, the, the most I know about him is what I think I saw in a preview at one point, which got cut, which was like footage of him on a football field playing football. And then there must have been a backstory around that and whatever happened to him and how yeah. it happened. And I'm sure his dad was all torn up, went crazy mad scientist, whatever. And they just they just cut so much that I just couldn't bring myself to care that he felt weird about what had happened to him. Here's a spoiler for you. Those football scenes were filmed during Batman versus Superman. Like they, that was the very first thing they filmed for Batman v Superman was a scene of these two football teams from Metropolis and from Gotham playing. I remember another. hearing about that, but yeah. that was about Cyborg. Yeah, it's totally oh. a Cyborg thing. And they, they just, <laughs> they never used it. Oh. You know, I mean, this thing is, this thing is, is clearly been like market tested to death. I mean, I remember hearing from some colleagues of ours that before they, they even debuted this for most critics across the country and the promotional screenings, they were still trying to decide what post-credit scenes to add. I mean, there were a yeah. number of issues where they were trying to determine what this thing was even going to look like. And this was th- these, these, these reshoots were occurring. I mean, in the three months leading up to this thing's release. So there was a whole and, uh, lot of workshopping happening. And I'm glad that when they were deciding what it should look like, they they ended up going with a late PlayStation 2 cutscene. <laughs> Wait, but let's talk about the good things for a minute because there are things yeah. we liked about it. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Let me let me tell you the thing I liked about it. The, the, my favorite thing uh, was definitely you guys already talked about it a little bit, but Ezra Miller. Yes. Um, so I'm like not a big fan of the CW flash show. Really? I think, uh, I think the actors are fine and I think the show occasionally has some fun moments, but for the most part, it's kind of shitty. Um, when I saw Ezra Miller playing flash throughout that movie, I thought to myself, well, number one, he's kind of the Spider-Man character of this team. Mm-hmm. Number two, why did anybody think that that Grant Gustin could have ever been in this film? There's, it would have been awful. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked at yeah. all. <laughs> Even like the level of gravitas no. would have been completely different. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like I ever thought Ezra Miller was like the greatest actor on the planet, but he's got a, a draw to him that is so much stronger. Well, it's almost like he's being, like when you see interviews with him, he's got that same like kind of sarcastic witty energy and i feel like he brings a lot of that personality to the role without even trying yeah there is i'm a strong believer that being a film star and being a television star are radically different just skill sets yeah um you know with a with a with a tv star you want to be kind of casual and light you want to be someone who the viewer wants to invite into their home every week and on film, you want to be larger than life. And 
Yeah, I mean, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller does that well. And uh, I think he, he has a really, like, dude's got a good filmography. Not a very long one, but a really, but a strong one for how, how short it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was fantastic as well. Like, I, I agree with both of you. He was he was the best part of the movie kind of unequivocally to me. Yeah. That part where he fights Superman. I don't even remember doing this, but Kyle says, I said out loud, Whoa, as soon as Superman turned his head, like yeah. in slow motion. Like I've never, I've never seen Hannah react to a superhero movie. Like, like cause I drag her to a lot of these yeah. and uh, you know, some of them click, some of them don't we, we finish up. We're like, Oh, okay. Um, but when, in the middle of that action beat where I guess all three superheroes are piling on to Superman, which was pretty cool too, actually. Um, and then the flash is running past him. And his eyes just turn and look at Barry in the midst of him, like that doing his super so speed. Good. Barry's yeah. expression, like Ezra Miller reacting to stuff in that movie <laughs> was my favorite thing in the world. Like you just saw this, like, slow motion like shock and fear and terror on his face it was so good yeah yeah that, that was the moment um and it it felt like a, it felt like comic book shit like it felt like that moment where these two things cross over and you're like oh fuck and like it's a little bit hampered i guess a little bit because we haven't seen enough of the flash to see like oh no one can do this but you still, you get it. And Ezra Miller sells it. And that was just, it was cool. Yeah. And I mean, they, actually uh, way that, they, like, they had like two scenes before it using that slow motion tool just to get you the shock in that scene. I think like it worked for me. Oh yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they did it enough in such a short time. And I, um, the other thing, just to sort of spin off of the Ezra Miller discussion, just real fast. The other thing I really liked about this movie, and it's it's the thing that really stuck with me, was that uh, I guess Joss Whedon is the person who got Superman right or close enough to being right, where we finally have a Superman who has a costume that's so bright it looks practically neon now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that thing was glowing on the screen, and I don't think it was originally that the case. I'm sure they just pumped that up in the in the uh, post production uh, side of things. And then, I mean, he was joking, he was smiling, he had warm moments with Lois and Martha. Uh, he had, I mean, it, it was a, it was the Superman that I think people had been waiting to see for a number of years. And, uh, you know, even if we don't get another, uh, another Henry Cavill Superman movie, I can at least say, well, now I can kind of see why he was cast in this role in the first place. He can actually sort of represent that era of positivity that Superman sort of needs, especially in the that post credit scene with, with Flash. Holy cow. Um, looked a little bad because of the mustache. I mean, but- they ruined the fucking... They got it so right, and then they ruined it with the fucking mustache. Like, because most... I mean, his scenes must have been almost entirely reshot because I feel like most yeah. of the time he had the weird not-moving lip thing going on. Well, I, I think... Because uh, I, I remember in Batman v Superman, right... Um, uh, the Flash comes back and says, "You know, no, you're too. I'm too late. The key is lowest, or whatever." I'm pretty sure, and I'm not 100, percent but I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder's original idea was Superman was going to be the villain of this one. Yeah. And um, when they crammed it into one movie instead of doing two, which is what Snyder initially wanted to do, so instead of doing two, it was going to be one movie. And then Whedon came in and got his hands on Superman all of that was lost and because they went from him being a pretty huge dick like the first when i first saw the scene where he was fighting the league i was like oh this is cool like you got some really good visuals in here and it's really fun to see all of them kind of tangling with superman and kind of they they do a good job of selling his power in a way that snyder weirdly never was able to do um which is weird because snyder you're such a better visual filmmaker than me. Yeah, but the problem was in Batman versus but, uh, Superman, it was like they had to make them on the same level, which was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so if I yeah. felt like Superman wasn't as powerful as he should have been. But it's worth noting that scene where they're fighting Superman, Snyder shot that. That looked great. That's because he doesn't have the mustache in parts of that. Well, but a lot of scenes huh. they both shot. 
right? Uh, yeah. They each had a take on it, and then they sewed them together, yeah. kind of. Like there, but there's the, a lot of that is definitely Snyder's doing. Yeah. But but I guess I guess like, and that that sort of makes sense because I was about to say there's one moment that rings so false to me. Uh, in that fight that I'm like, God, I, I almost can't believe Whedon wrote this because he seems to get Superman in a lot of ways. And that was, um, we're supposed to, the way that Cavill is playing Superman there and the way that they're filming him is like, he's almost forgotten humanity, right? Like he is this kind of monstrous figure. Um, and up until the moment Batman arrives, you can totally see that. But then Batman arrives and Bruce or and Clark flies up to him, picks him up by the thing, uh, which I thought was extra hilarious that everyone's just screaming, uh, screaming at Clark when that when like there are like cops all around and shit. <laughs> like, well, that that identity is blown. But um, uh, anyway, so they're all screaming at him and Superman picks up Batman is uh, like, do you bleed? And I'm like, OK. <laughs> Superman isn't like a like a rage monster here. He isn't not in control of his facilities. He's just a dick. Like he's just Snyder's Superman there. And so I, I, it makes more sense to me now that I know that both of them shot parts of that. Yeah. and kind of stitched them together. Though. Yeah, Whedon did the do you bleed line. That was Whedon. Sure. Did he? he oh god. Because the mustache then. I didn't notice the mustache there. Like I, I just, after the first scene, I was just like, okay, this is a thing. I'm just not going to pay attention to it. I'm yeah. going to try very hard not to notice it. But see, I, I but think yeah, that's like, the problem is like that probably Snyder's version of Superman was just this like raging out creature with no memory of anything. And then Whedon was probably trying to just introduce the idea that he was just really confused for 10 minutes and then fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess my... I guess my problem is, is that after Snyder, that moment kind of made me feel like no matter what they do, this is a Superman who has a deep and profound streak of like personal cruelty. (laughs) And that just doesn't fit with anything else that they like, oh, like the world lost its hope without Superman. And just like, he was kind of a dick the whole time. Like we... He's, he's just a shitty dude a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they really didn't earn the intro sequence with all that Leonard Cohen music and stuff. Like, the, um, it's it where the idea that without... I get what Snyder was trying to do, because he's pretty much doing the old, oh, Superman is Jesus parable throughout his entire yeah. series of films. Uh, whatever. Uh, but, so the idea is that, like, when God is dead in this Nietzschean fashion, you've got chaos sort of looms because we've killed him as, as a, as, as humanity and we failed him, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, it, it's not earned though at all because it, he wasn't a particularly benevolent God. He was a God that was turning around and destroying shit left and right. And, uh, and so that's, that, that has always been the, the kind of thing where I, the, the Snyder and Whedon vision for Superman is an ill fit, but mm-hmm. the pro, I don't blame Whedon for that because he kind of had to build things off of poison ground. Right. He did. And I think yeah. he did a, a decent enough job of just being like, well, now that he's come back from the dead, he's nicer. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of what happened with Buffy where like Buffy came back from the dead and it was like, Oh Jesus. Like it's kind of like, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm more home now. I'm okay. (laughs) Really sorry. Really sorry about that one, guys. Don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) Okay, so what else did you guys like about this movie? I talked about my two things. Um... I mentioned the the Flash cyborg scene that I thought was legitimately a really strong scene. Um, There are some things... Okay, Part of the reason that I'm, I look favorably on this movie, even though it doesn't totally deserve it uh, or it doesn't really deserve it at all, is um, – and uh, I, I feel like you can probably relate to this one, Kyle. The Justice League is my team. Like they are – I don't give a shit about the Avengers. It's like I, the Avengers movies are good. I, I mean the first Avengers movie especially is like just you know great movie, all that. But if I'm reading the comics, like I have – a shelf of JLA comics and like one Avengers comic. Sure. The JLA is there. That's my team. And seeing them together in this like coherent fashion 
it just worked sometimes. Like not not often, not all the time, but like seeing you know Superman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman team up to fight somebody is just cool to me. And you know, it didn't totally come together, but there were scenes where they genuinely, for me, captured the feeling of some of my favorite characters in in comic books. Uh, teaming up for for really the first time, and uh, so I, you know, I mean, I definitely do give it a pass for that. And um, this is damning it with faint praise, but like a little bit, it's like a mid tier Marvel movie to me, uh, uh, which is like kind of blandly forgettable. But since this is the first DC movie, that's like blandly forgettable i'm like oh thank god like i hope you guys are figuring something out here <laughs> I, yeah i mean I, I can relate to what you're saying cal i um uh, hannah when and i when we left our screening the first thing we said was uh you know there there were moments that it was like there, there were uh, you got that sort of warm feeling inside because it's just so iconic mm-hmm. right versus like you know, captain america thor uh, Iron Man, Black Widow, blah blah. It, it's it's. I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't quite register the same way as Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. It's it that just nails a certain sort of like element in the back of your brain. Uh, yeah, it, seeing them all together on the big screen. Yeah. You know, I think one thing we haven't talked about, but I think that the movie deserves praise for and. I don't know what it did with the original version, but just talking about how it ended up, I really appreciate that they didn't go the super obvious route of every team at movie ever, which is everyone has a big ego and no one can get along. And we spend half of the movie with the characters fighting each other until they can finally come together and see eye to eye and get on the same page. Like I feel like so many of these movies waste time on that and you know it's going to reconcile so it's just irritating you know the the closest this yeah. got to that was just superman's gone crazy and everyone's fighting him but that looked cool and that's like a thing people kind of want to see is these superheroes fighting each other not these superheroes arguing with, with each other over stupid shit i mean in fairness this movie well, and that- oh, go ahead go I was gonna, well, and that fits with the Marvel DC kind of aesthetics, right? Like Marvel's characters are these human bickering, flawed things. DCs are at their best typically when they're kind of iconic, larger than life figures. And so having them try and go the Avengers route, I think, would have been a monumental failure. Having them do the, you know, bickering, you know, bickering humans. I think that while I, while Steppenwolf was a god awful villain. I think that having it having it just be, you know, like a monumental, you know, a monumental threat, which they botched, but you know, having that be it and having the the thing be kind of this globe trotting whatever uh, adventure fits the characters. It, it worked um, uh, on a, on a basic level. This was a movie that was like, oh. This is why people like these characters. Why don't we do that a little bit? Yeah, I, the, the problem was for them is that they didn't have time to do much else. Yeah. So this is a movie that yes. had to cover the ground of introducing Aquaman, this version of Aquaman to audiences, getting this flash off the ground. So you have to have him talking to his dad in a jail cell a few times. Uh, then you have to get Cyborg totally off the ground, which they really Man. don't do whatsoever. Yeah. But they had to like make cursory moments towards it. On top of that, you replace the conflict within the team with a couple of scenes where they don't quite get along, where they're trying to debate this idea of resurrecting Superman or not. Which actually, that was like, I was into that debate. Sure. It wasn't like, you know, you're making this about something else. It wasn't like stupid petty shit. It was like, should we resurrect a dead guy? You know, like I can get on board with them arguing a little bit over the merits of resurrecting a dead guy yeah. and moving on quickly once they do. Which, which is, yeah. Oh no. I was just going to, which is also like another one of those kind of big, weird comic book things that the movie just managed to throw in there. Like, that's something I legitimately liked is like a group of, you know, this group of people saying like, Hey, like theoretically we can do this thing. Is it a good idea? 
and having it be this bonkers off the wall thing like yeah what if you took the mother box and tossed it in a pool and you're just like okay this is strange but i'm kind of into it yeah you're right it was like it was not human and that was what i appreciated like humans don't have these arguments about whether we should bring superman back from the dead but i guess all i'm saying is like all of the things that you you would expect from this movie like the, the avengers sort of if the avengers is like the template to follow for these types of events now this movie just didn't have time to do any of that no. stuff because it had to cover a lot of ground because there weren't solo movies before it to like build up to any of this. Uh, Batman v Superman is the closest thing you had to solo movies for these characters plus Wonder Woman. And then boom, you know, it basically Batman v Superman is like Iron Man one, two, Thor, and then Wonder Woman's like Captain America. And then you have Justice League. So to some degree, what we've talked about before is true, which is that a lot of these characters with the exception of Cyborg and to some degree Aquaman, people are really familiar with the concepts of these characters. So you can kind of get away with it when it comes to Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and The Flash. But unfortunately, those are the ones they chose to develop the most, even though they were the most... (laughs) Yeah, it was a mistake, for sure. I also think that it was a little bit of a mistake, and uh, at least in my opinion, uh how little or how, how underserved I felt they were with Lois Lane. Um, I thought they, uh, of everyone, I thought they really botched Lois Lane, like to, to a degree where I was actually a little bit irritated with the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I think she got better served in Batman versus Superman, which I know a lot of people were mad about how she was sort of there, but I agree completely. She she was active in Batman versus Superman. She was investigating something. Like what she was investigating made no sense and did not actually have anything to do with the movie and didn't affect anything. Like what I don't I still don't know why her whole plot was in Batman v Superman on any level. In the deleted scenes, it was her in plot that. made a lot more sense, to be fair. They cut the shit out of oh, her plot. That, that's true. I, I've read a little bit about that. Yeah, but um, we watched the three-hour uh, ultimate cut, my friend, and I can tell you that there, oh. there is there is some stuff that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate because I think there was a better version of that movie that kept the lowest stuff and removed a lot of the other stuff in the third act. But whatever. Yeah, and I I I feel like this one was kind of simple. You know, this one. I'm glad Lois was in there. You know, it's nice that she and she and um, she and Clark get like a scene together. That's fairly affecting, but that's really it. And having her quit journalism because she's sad, that actively kind of pissed me off. I was, I don't know. Lois, they fucked up two of my favorite things in comics uh, in this, which did irritate me, which is the new gods and Lois. So (laughs) I'm a little peeved about that, but yeah, I I don't really care for, I mean, as a, Kirby guy, uh, the the usage of the new gods is a deus ex machina, uh, a boring villain. Plus, they basically took the Infinity Stones and made them cubes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was like Lord of the Rings style. Like the one time I was, I found myself really bored throughout this movie was during the background scene where all the Amazons are fighting yeah. uh, all the parademons. Her like narration of that whole backstory was it felt pretty clumsy. Yeah, and it looked like doo man. Okay, that scene looked bad and didn't to- didn't really fit where it was. And like, there were a ton of problems with it. Uh, although I'd say like ninety five percent of the movie looked terrible. Like, this is a weirdly ugly movie. Um, but uh, I don't know. I-, I-, I did actually like that scene because again, that that is into the the weirder and I, I guess i should say i like the idea of that scene because that scene did not work where it was and the way that it was shot but the idea of you know there being this history where you know the fucking atlanteans amazons old gods and um uh humans all teamed up to fight like a prehistoric alien invasion like that's the kind of shit that I like in comics. Like that's just a goofy off the walls bonkers idea that brings in kind of, it's basically like, um, 
I look back sometimes at the shit that I wrote when I was like 16, like the fiction that I wrote when I was like 16. And it was just like, what cool mythology had I read that week? I'm just going to throw that in the melting pot. (laughs) And this felt like that. Like, like it just felt like someone was like, man, like what if fucking like there were like Atlantean wizards and they teamed up with Artemis to beat up an alien. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm there. For that. I'm a hundred percent there for that. Wait, and then you're like, describing yeah, that- sounds awesome. But what it ended up as was just kind of dull, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's why I say like, I loved the idea of that scene. And I genuinely liked that. Like the DC after man of steel and, um, uh, Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman, which are aggressively deconstructive in some ways. Like Wonder Woman literally begins with, by the way, all the gods are dead. There's nothing cool in the world. And you're just like, come on, man. Like all of them, like you couldn't, you couldn't leave a couple to do fun shit. Nope. All dead. And in this one, this felt like the first DC movie where they were like, yeah, man, there's some weird shit out there. I mean, some of it's going to suck, but it's weird. And I, I appreciated the fact that it was willing to be, uh, it was willing to be strange rather than k- kind of approaching DC's mythology with this like adolescent distance where it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that'd be cool if you're a fucking idiot, <laughs> which is kind of like how I feel is Zack Snyder's default like position towards these characters. I, I don't know who that guy was that was slinging lightning in that scene with the beard, uh, but I uh, that was Zeus, I think. Is it supposed to be Zeus? I didn't watch the credits to, to like catch who that was, but I was like, that guy looks cool. Like I would, I could go for more of that, and like the little Green Lantern, yeah, that was, was was fun. The audience really got into that. Are they planning on doing a Green Lantern movie? Is that why they kept it out of this movie? Well, they're, they're, they announced a Green Lantern core film yeah. that David Goyer was attached to write. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> look, I, I don't think that, we we can talk about the future of the DCU here in a minute, but I, I that that's that movie's probably not going to happen at this point. No, um, yeah, but um, yeah, Hannah, any any other like last things that you really liked about this movie? I mean, I think we've covered it. I thought the dynamics of Wonder Woman becoming the leader of the team, I thought those were really good. I don't know what was going on with Batman. He seemed like just like an old man. Like he and Alfred seemed like friends, like brothers, not like Alfred was his caretaker. He just seemed really aged. But I felt like they were kind of passing on the mantle, which I appreciated. And also makes me think maybe Baffleck is going away. I I actually, I, I really liked, this is the first time that I've liked, well, it's only been in two movies, I guess. But this, I actually liked Bat, Batfleck here. Like, his relationship with Alfred, but I liked that he was like a weird, sad, like he was like a genuinely grieving, emotional Batman, like, which I, I can't think of a time I've seen like this nakedly emotional Batman. Like when Superman shows back up for the Steppenwolf fight, uh, he has this like teary eyed, like, yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I like it's weird. I like it, but it doesn't totally. But yeah, he, as you say, it was almost like a he. He was playing like a mournful, a mournful guy who's going to move on. And even though that didn't totally fit with like the action, where he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to take out like 50 parodies. Don't even worry about it, bro. Um, the the attitude that they gave him out side those scenes was the first time I genuinely felt kind of an old exhausted uh, uh, I guess more more healed and complete Batman. The only thing I had trouble with with Affleck in this movie is that I, I felt like there was a real stark contrast between the last movie and this movie and that that's fine. I wasn't like totally in love with everything about Batman in the last movie anyway, uh, beyond just Affleck's appearance. But here the problem was that there was such a striking difference between Snyder's shots, everything that Snyder had done in principal photography and the 20 pounds that Affleck must've gained before the reshoots happened he looked markedly different. Like, yeah, which, by really the way, different. like, yeah. Gal Gadot would never have been allowed to right. show up to work like that. Yeah. They would have been like, you yeah. need to go home and lose weight. But yeah. 
I guess Ben Affleck can get me once. I mean, he, he <laughs> it, it was looking like George Clooney Batman uh, for a while there. Yeah. And the, um, the, um, I, 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 and seeing him in the suit or in that last act, I thought he looked ridiculous, man. Like, like it was like he was wearing a Halloween costume. Yeah. Where the last movie, like, I wasn't, I never thought the costume looked right on him necessarily, but at least, like, I, I he looked like a tough guy. Yeah. It yeah. was more believable. Yeah. Here, it just looked like, looked like, you know, your, your uncle showing up for your birth party dressed up as Batman. <laughs> I feel like the scenes where Batman looked cheaper, I think. Partly because he just looked different in the reshoots, but then also like that scene where they meet Gordon up on the roof. Something about that just looked like weird and cheap to me. Yeah. Like I don't know if they spent less money on this movie or if they just Oh no, they spent way more. I don't know why, but it, it looked markedly worse than Batman versus Superman. The 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 guts were better, but it just visually was weird. I've been told they need at least seven hundred million to Braven. <laughs> they have to earn that much with with promotion on top of the reshoots. I mean, they spent a ton of money. Well, they on can this. give the Snyder fans what they want and release a whole second separate Snyder cut of the movie, and then sell it as a second movie and try to recoup some of their money. They can do a bunch of like that. There's no way that's going to be possible based on the way this <laughs> film exists right now. I, I keep hearing people arguing for that, yeah, and I can't imagine there's a way to do it. I mean, if they want to sell shit, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, they reshape. Yeah. Snyder would have to go in a studio and reshape the movie. Yeah. And I, I think a little bit, um, if they did it, it would almost have to be like, um, uh, fuck, I saw like a Metropolis, uh, when, you know, back at the landmark in Atlanta. And, um, you know, there are scenes that just d- don't exist anymore. And so they just had title cards that were like, and this, this happens. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's how you'd have to do Snyder's, like, Snyder's full cut is just like a few interstitials where they're like, here's a, here's a picture of how this would have happened. Yeah, they'd have to just call it an alternate cut and it would just have to be some random like Blu-ray extra or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying they could like bleed this thing dry if they wanted to. The, uh, oh, I mean, D- Dan Olson, who uh, is kind of like a film vi- video essayist, uh, his work's fantastic. I, if either of you have ever seen his um, folding ideas. But um, uh, he, he, he said something that I actually kind of agree with, which is like, if D- if WB wanted to release like a like ultimate director's cut of this Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman for like some ridiculous price tag, like I would actually be interested in that. Like I I would like to see just the pure uncut crazy that was at the heart of this whole enterprise here. There's nothing you could do to make me watch Suicide Squad again. I will never watch that movie again. Any version ever. No way. It's done. I, oh man, no. I, I, like every so often, I have a friend who's just like, hey, I really want to watch Suicide Squad and no one will watch it with me. And I'm like, if you bring Bourbon over, I will watch it with you. I detest that one. Oh, it's, I, 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 I really don't like it. But like, I really like free booze. <laughs> it's all right. So we're hitting that point where we need to bump up against the end here. So let me just, let's close out with one like sort of straight thought here that we can talk about very quickly. This movie didn't make enough money this, this past weekend. Like it made like, I think $93 million, which, you know, for a regular movie would be excellent. For this movie, it probably needed to make at least 120 to Maybe like. Maybe they should stop making movies that cost a billion dollars. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, so, that, that's probably the solution. So, so what, so what, other than changing the budgetary strategies of the major <laughs> tech polls, which I think are probably the best way to go about, um, what, what in the world can the, the DC films division of Warner Brothers do at this point to ride the ship? Aquaman's coming out no matter what. Uh, it's done. It's in post-production. That movie's finished. Jason Momoa is the star. There's no change in any of that. That is Aquaman. They're going to have to make a Wonder Woman sequel. Uh, that movie was too popular to not do it, and they know that they've got a golden goose there. And supposedly Shazam is a thing that will happen. Uh, they've cast Zachary Levi. Uh, they cast somebody as Billy Batson. I can't remember the kid's name. And they're looking at Mark Strong as Dr. Savannah. So that is 
on its way to being made. I think it starts filming in February, supposedly. What happens? I mean, if people have rejected Justice League um, in terms of audiences, they've rejected the Snyder vision of this thing. Do they just stop making these movies? Do they just make Wonder Woman movies? What the hell happens now? I think that the success... Oh, go ahead. Nope, it was all you, man. Oh, oh okay. I thought I heard him. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think the success of Wonder Woman shows that if you release one of these that isn't like an immediate joke uh, with everyone who sees it, that isn't pilloried online, and that doesn't have these rabid fanboys kind of making every conversation around them toxic. Like, if you just release a couple solid movies, then they won't have a problem. Like, the, the problem here is essentially that they decided to get a frat boy with a solid sense of visual aesthetics to build the entire universe of this thing and to plot it out and to do all this. And it's like, Zack Snyder is not an untalented person. I think he's actually incredibly talented uh, at certain specific things, but he can't story. And while I have a lot of problems with the Marvel movies, I think one of the things that they kind of prove is Audiences will forgive a lot of samey, repetitive, uninspired stuff if the the core storytelling elements are there. And I think Wonder Woman kind of demonstrated that, too. Like, Wonder Woman, for all the problems it had with the very final act, right, uh, for the most part was a coherent, thematically interesting movie with strong character beats, and people flocked to it. I don't think that this portends some deeper problem uh, for the WB, except for the fact that they're run by complete idiots who uh, I think it's uh, the the head of WB is still Kevin Sujihara, right? For now. <laughs> yes. God only knows how, but it's still Kevin Sujihara. He may be done after Thanksgiving. There's a good, there's a good possibility. Yeah, I mean, but somehow he has held on. And there was actually a a quote from him where he's talking about how, uh, you know, story doesn't matter, character doesn't matter. He wants to treat filmmaking like an amusement park and where it's just like the ride and you don't go to the amusement park and think about the story. You go for the thrills. And I think that we have pretty conclusive proof that that work, right? Uh, you know, Warner Bros. even wanted to cut the best scene from Wonder Woman. Like, the one truly great moment from it, Warner Brothers was like, I don't get it. And so, I, I, I think that there's a deep problem at Warner Brothers that's showing kind of their inability to launch a really successful, uh, consistent franchise. But, like, if you just get a couple strong creators in there and give them even like a modicum of freedom, as we saw with Patty Jenkins, you'll be fine. I genuinely believe that. I think if it were me, I agree with Cal. I would focus definitely on the talent behind the camera um, because at least the break you can get from these movies is a lack of sameness. But if it were me, I think what I would actually do is focus on making a new Superman movie, which I don't know if there's yeah. any chance of Henry Cavill coming back, but I feel like from what I saw, just watching the audience react to Justice League, people were going insane for Superman. And I think people really kind of discounted how Superman not showing up in any of the marketing for this movie, not being mentioned in it, not showing up in commercials really. I think that that mattered. And I think a lot of the negative feelings people have towards DC and Snyder and the extended universe center around the characterization of Superman. Like Batman has been done so many times on screen. He's been done poorly before many times. So I feel like people can free that a little bit more, but there's a lot of anger towards the Superman stuff. So I think I'd focus on getting a really, really talented filmmaker who could really nail Superman's characterization and build a film around him that could have Justice League. I think the Justice League should be in the background of these movies going forward. Like 
it's a thing. People know it exists. It's functioning in the background. It can serve as, you know, side scenes or provide backup for the main character in these films, but it doesn't have to be like the whole point of the movie is the justice. You know, it can be a Superman film that the Justice League shows up in briefly for whatever. I mean, by and large, Justice League stories are the least interesting stories in the DC universe. I mean, there's there's a stretch with the with the Grant Morrison or some guys did Mark Wade that are really good, but before that and after that. I mean, yeah. the solo stories of these characters and their individual worlds, which are so rich. These weren't characters that were originally meant to team up anyway, but they have such they have such rich backgrounds, rogues galleries, uh, supporting characters. They could build up and build a whole world out of if they had the patience to do so. Here's what I would do. So the idea is, as Cal says and has you animate Hannah, it's it's make a string of good movies. That's really all it takes, right? And so they've got James Wan with an Aquaman movie. That Aquaman movie had no problems in its production process. It went through completely smoothly. There were no rumors about its issue, any issues once it started filming. It was great. It got done really quickly. It's probably going to be pretty solid, as most James Wan films are. Uh, David Sandberg is set to direct Shazam. Uh, they're very high on David Sandberg. Um, and I think Cal, you saw Annabelle Creation. I think you like that movie. Okay, did I make that up? Um, uh, Anna, Annabelle Creation was. It, it basically took Annabelle was one of the worst modern horror movies that I've seen, and Annabelle Creation was fine. It, it it took a shitty it took a shitty premise and made a competent, coherent. Uh, movie out of it. And so on top of that, Patty Jenkins is going to return for another Wonder Woman, right? So, and then Matt Reeves is going to make a Batman movie, probably with not Ben Affleck, probably with like Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody. Build the core, make the core strong, and then have like a set of core films. Even if you don't make another Superman movie with Henry Cavill, Shazam can be your Superman. It's pretty simple, uh, which would be so ironic if that happened. But build the core have a string of good films, win back good faith, and suddenly you're back to compete with Marvel on a much more even playing field without rushing all this shit together for like a for a mega franchise. Work on the individual franchises that you have. And don't don't do this thing that I'm hearing there, there there's these rumors that they're like we build a Wonder Woman universe of movies now. <laughs> no, that's not that doesn't work. Scrap all the bullshit. Scrap the Scorsese Joker movie. Scrap this 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 uh Joker Harley thing, scrap the Batgirl movie, scrap all the stuff, the Nightwing movie, just make your core films first, build them out from there, and if you can introduce characters in those core films as you're going along a Nightwing or a Batgirl or a, a whatever other characters you think you can spin out of, do that. But make the core movies first, and then you're, you're in good shape. And I think as long as they do that, they're on a road to success. If they're trying to make all these weird Elseworlds movies and stuff, they're toast. There's no, there's no way that that's going to work when they can't even get a damn Superman movie right. Yeah, I think that I think it's telling that one of their big projects coming up is Flashpoint, where you're just like, okay, you guys are trying to reboot your universe, but if you just have the same shitty people behind, you know, at the studio, it's still going to fail. Like it sounds like it's, it's, it's a shitty thing to say, to say, Oh, the key to making good movies is to like, just stop fucking up and making good movies. <laughs> but like on a basic level, that's their problem is they keep taking bad scripts and then making bad movies from them. And just stop fucking doing that. <laughs> there's no way they're making that flashpoint movie it's not gonna happen they've already made one reboot film with justice league do they think another reboot movie is gonna work that's like making two days of future past back to back i think they'll make another flash movie though or sure. make a flash movie a different they, topic just perhaps. rewrite yeah. flash you know and make it like a flash adventure don't it's because flashpoint is, a, is basically an earth set justice league movie i mean there's no it's basically bringing the entire cast of Justice League back together. And it's a darker version of that. So (laughs) there's no way that that would be poisonous to do at this point. So yeah. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Probably. Is what you're saying. It's the worst possible decision they could make. So they'll, they'll probably make 2018 flashpoint. All right. So um, justice league more fun than Batman versus Superman. More content. 
you should go see it. You'll probably be one of the few people in the theater when you see it at this point <laughs> on the Thanksgiving weekend. You'll have the theater all to yourself. There's a really good chance. So uh, go check it out. And uh, the Geek Arts Podcast will be back probably real soon as we talk about uh, a number of other fun things coming up at the end of the year. So bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.